Praise the Lord. It's good to be here uh, in, in Hayward, California, at the heart of the bay. I got saved here in 1985. Many years ago, I was 25 years old, and I was looking for a way out of the lifestyle I was living. I've been in drug programs. I've been in and out of Santa Rita. I've been out of, uh, I was a nail. I went to a, uh, uh, another pro drug program somewhere else, and I even tried fishing one time. Hello, somebody. Got me some books from the library. I think uh, I never took them back. Hello, somebody. I think they're at my dad's old house. <laughs> but uh, I, I tried a lot of different things, and then I began to watch TV, and, uh, and another brother named Dominic Cuevas used to minister to me, and I began to watch a program that they had on Channel 3. I don't know if you remember way, way back, and they had a pro program there, and I seen Dominic, and, and I, God began to minister to me, even though I was still using and then in 1985, I walked into a, a, a service when Philip LaCrue uh, Sr. was preaching a, a service there at the, at the church on Royal Ave, off of A Street right here. There was a school. It was a, 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 I think it was a cafeteria. And I walked in, and he was speaking a message called An Ounce of Hope. And I remember uh, at the end, I walked in with, with a girl, and she was pregnant out, out to here, and we were looking for help. And I remember going backstage and giving my heart to the Lord and then trying for a couple of years uh, 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 to, to get my life together. And I couldn't really. I was coming to church tweaking. I, I, I remember my brother in the back. Is that Your name's Bernard, right? Yeah, Bernard. And he used to minister to me. We used to go to his house and, and different things. And I thank you for that, amen, because those times meant something. Hello, somebody was reaching out to me, even though I was messed up. Hello. And, uh, uh, and, you know, I mean, and, and I couldn't get it together. And they didn't have a home here, so they sent me to, to the home in San Francisco. And I ended up staying there for several years. And then I fell, and then I went back. And then I, I ended up staying there and, and running the home for several years, about four years. And then after a while there, the Lord moved me down to uh, Los Angeles, California, where I got licensed about 20 years ago as an evangelist. And then one day they walked up to me and they said, hey, uh, uh, we need a pastor over here. I said, I'll go. Hello, somebody. I was still single. And, and, and they told me, just go for three months. Right? And I ended up staying there for 15 years. I got married. Uh, I have a 13-year-old daughter who's going to be 14. And uh, it, it's, it was a great time. But two years ago, I came in. Uh, the, the heroin addiction caught up with my liver. And uh, I was started taking some medicine. And I was feeling down. And I was angry all the time and upset. I still had the church, and I was going on, so we prayed and prayed for over a year, me and my wife, and we decided to come back in, and I came back in to the mother church, and I sat there for a while. I sat there for a few months just sitting there and just wondering what I was going to do. I remember the first day I got there, Pastor Sonny Jr. recognized me. John's here, and some of his church is here, and uh, from that day on, man, nobody really knew who I was. They used to call me Pastor Chris. They thought I was Pastor Chris Cantanola. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, so everybody said, Pastor Chris is here. One day I even walked up, uh, 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 I walked in the back and sat down, and, 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 they, and, and they told me, oh, you know, go ahead and sit up in the front. I said, no, I'm cool. I'll sit back here. And they said, no. And they kept coming. The third usher came, and he said, you know, Pastor Charlie wants you to sit up there. And so I went up there, and then Pastor Charlie looked at me. Oh, they told me Chris Contenola was here. Hello, somebody. <laughs> so, man, I was like, what am I, chopped liver? Hello, somebody. You know what I mean? So for a while, I was just sitting there, and I, I was going through it because I had, in the 15 years that I pastored, I gave everything that I got. I prayed. I fasted. I gave every penny. 
that I had. There was a point where I had hundreds of thousands of dollars in my pocket from an inheritance I had inherited, and I spent it, and I used it to, to do things for the Lord. I've always wanted to do great things for God. I've always had that in my spirit. And uh, so I sat there, and I was just going through it for months, even though I maybe didn't show it, but inside I was. And then one day I was in a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, and I was just sitting there, and, and people were praying, and I, don't know, I didn't know everybody, and the sister walked up to me and whispered in my ear that she said that God told her to tell me that he's not done with me yet. Now, most of the time you hear that, that's a Christian jargon, that's something that we do to encourage one another. But I, when she said that, I heard something else. I heard God say that there's still greatness in you. Hello, somebody. You see, when, 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 when somebody tells you that you still have a future in God, something happens. Hello, somebody. You see, when, when Jacob was 130-something years old, about to die and laying in his deathbed, the Bible tells us that somebody came and told him that Joseph was coming and bringing his two grandsons to visit him. And then the next thing that happened, that because of that, when he understood that his future was coming, the next generation and the generation after that, the Bible says that Jacob sat up in the bed. You see, when somebody came and whispered in my ear, they told me that my future is not over, man, and it made me sit up in the spirit. Are you hearing me today? I'm here to tell somebody, hello somebody, that God is not done with you yet, that God is going to move in Hayward, California. Hello somebody, amen. It's time to sit up and know what God has for you. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about the furtherance of greatness or the, the continuance of greatness. Are you hearing me? this afternoon. You see, they thought I was uh, Pastor Chris. <laughs> and then they thought I was a, a gang member. I just shaved my head because I ain't got no hair. Hello, somebody. You see, when it comes to our ministry, though, when it comes to people, sometimes we have misconceptions and misinterpretations about who we are and what we do. We are a Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled Bible believing, church planning, prayer warrior, soul winning, worldwide move of God church. Hello, somebody. We're not a parrot church or a drug addict church or a gang member church. Hello, somebody, a drug program or a ghetto street ministry. But we're a church of different cultures, of different ages, hello, of different backgrounds, of, of different personalities, of different giftings. Hello, somebody. We're not a church that is brainwashed. We're not at the club or having a place to, to hang out. We're not looking for a show on the preachers of the Bay Area. Hello, somebody. We're a people that have been given another chance. Hello, amen. This is a place where God heals broken dreams and, and God gives out new dreams. Amen. I came in here with a broken dream. Hallelujah. I wanted to do something for God, but God gave me a new dream. He told me I could go somewhere. He told me I could do something. Hello, somebody. See, we're a ministry of people that have been forgiven. This is a place of restoration, meaning that God puts it back to what it's supposed to be. Some of you came in here, hello, somebody, broke down and beat up, hallelujah, but God is getting ready to restore you and put you in the place where you're supposed to be. Amen. 
We are people that have experienced a genuine salvation. Somebody say genuine. God ain't giving us no knockoff stuff. Hello, somebody. It's real. I ain't in here uh, screaming and yelling and sweating uh, uh, about something, amen, that's fake. Hello, somebody. I don't care what the world thinks. I know that I know that I know that God is real and that God set me free. Hallelujah. You see, there are business people here where y'all at. Amen. There's business women here. There's hardworking families here. Amen. There's college students here. Single mothers and single fathers, amen, that are raising their children, amen. There's beautiful marriages here. There are people that are dating here and doing it the right way. Hello, somebody. You ain't going to the, uh, to the, to the movies in the corner in the dark in the back. Hello, somebody. But you're doing it right in front of everybody. Hello, amen. There are people here with good values and good work ethics, Amen. I don't know what you heard. or I don't know what somebody told you. Hello, somebody. If you came to see a reed shaking in the wind, hello, somebody. But this church has been here. Amen. It's been established. Hallelujah. And God is here to move in this place. There are moms and dads here, sisters and brothers, aunts and uncles, homeboys and homegirls. Amen. Children and grandchildren. Amen. Are you with me here? But the truth of the matter, there is greatness here. Amen. And greatness must go further. It's got to continue. Amen. You see, there are 7 billion people on earth, in the earth today. More people on the planet than ever in the history of the world. And Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, is a leader in the worldwide movement. Hello, somebody. You don't know it yet. Hallelujah. But you are sitting here today in one of the most unique places on the planet Earth, and it's called Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. You see, what happens here can affect the world. Amen. That's why here at Victory Outreach Heart, amen, we must continue in greatness because we've been given the privilege of carrying greatness until Jesus comes back. I want to read a, a portion of scripture to you in 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 31. We're going to slow down for a second. Are you with me? Tell somebody, slow your roll. It's going to be all right. Hey. Hey, pump your brakes for a minute. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 31. I'm going to read about eight scriptures. Are you with me? Stay awake now. Slap somebody, amen, tell them to stay awake. Second Samuel 19, 31 through 39, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, And Barzaleah the Gileadite came down from Rogalim and went across the Jordan with the king to escort the king across the Jordan. Now Barzaleah was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Mananaim, for he was a rich man. And the king said to Barzaleah, Come across with me, and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. But Barzaleah said to the king, how long I have to live shall I go with you to the king to Jerusalem? Verse 35, I am, four, I am today 80 years old. Can I discern between the good and the bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be further burdened to the Lord the king? Your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king, and why should the king repay 
me with such a reward. Please let your servant turn back again that he may die in his own city near the grave of his father and mother. But here is your servant, Chimham. Let him cross over with my lord, the king, and do for him what seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and when the king had crossed over and kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. What we're reading here today is the account of, of David returning from Jerusalem, returning to Jerusalem from exile. Exile means that you're not in the place where you're supposed to be. You can be in church and still be in exile. Are you hearing me today? You, you could be here, but not doing or being or, or, or positioning yourself to the place where God wants you to be at. Are you hearing me? David here in Scripture represents greatness. And Jerusalem represents the place of greatness or the place where greatness abides. Like right here in Hayward, California at the heart of the bay. The reason why David was in exile in the wilderness is because greatness had been stolen. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 6 says that Absalom stole the hearts of the people of Israel. Greatness had been ripped off. Greatness can be stolen. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to do what? To steal. Most thieves, when they, they come in, and some of you know this because I know who you are. Hello, somebody. Most thieves, when they come in, they leave evidence that they've been there. Something is missing. Hello, the window's broke. The TV's gone. Hello, amen. The door's kicked in. Things are, are moved around. The house looks ransacked. But the devil, a lot of times, is not so obvious. Are you hearing me today? He's a more sophisticated type of thief. He will go in and steal something, and you won't even know that he was there. Because everything stays the same. What he does is he leaves a replica of what he stole. It looks the same, it feels the same, it smells the same, but it's not. It's a fake, it's a fugazi, a knockoff, it's counterfeit. Are you hearing me tonight, today? You see, Salvation Army was a great place at one time. Their founder, William Booth, was an evangelist who has established the Ar Salvation Army in 58 countries. And he was winning souls, man, and taking country for the kingdom of God. But today, the Salvation Army is known for secondhand clothes and secondhand furniture. Their greatness was stolen, even though their leader, William Booth, was a great man. Hello, somebody. It's time for greatness to continue. We are not going to let the enemy come in. Hallelujah. I don't care what generation this is. If there's a bunch of millennials up in here, amen. Amen. God is going to move. You see, where there is greatness, there are great people. Tell somebody, you're great. Tell somebody, you look great. Stop it. You see, most men live outside in. Look what I got. Look at my car. Look at my girl. Hey, look at my honeys. Hello, somebody. Look at my diamond rings. Look, look, at, look, at, look, at, look at what I got. Most men live outside in, but great men or great people live inside out. 
Hello, somebody. Look at what church I go to. Look what I've been praying about. Look what God's been ministering to me. Amen. Look how I love my wife and I love my kids and I love my pastor and I love the church of God. Amen. I ain't worried about so much about what I got on the outside. I'm more thinking about what I got on the inside. How many are with me this morning? Hello, somebody. Now, how do you know that there's greatness in somebody? Ask somebody, how do you know? Well, first of all, he loves God. Mm. They love God. The Bible says love God with your heart, your mind, your body, and your soul. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? If you're going to get married, amen, if he don't or she don't love God more than she loves you, then don't marry him. I'll tell you, man, uh, you know, I knew when, when, when I married my wife, I knew she loved God more than she loved me. Hello, somebody. And I said, I'm safe. Amen. I'm going to marry this girl. Hallelujah. Why? Because she loves God more than me. I've been here for two weeks. She don't even care. Hello, somebody. I'm just playing. They love God. Secondly, they love the ministry or they love people. Ministry is people. True greatness is not in what we amass to ourselves, but in the service that we render to others. It's not about who we are as individuals, but who we are together. Are you with me? See, we have a great ministry. Our ministry is not just a good ministry because good promotes averageness, and God has not called us to blend in. God has called us to stick out. Our ministry is not uh, 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 the best ministry because that promotes arrogance, and God ain't calling us to be arrogant, amen. There are other ministries that are doing great things, we are not an exclusive club ministry, amen, but we're in an inclusive ministry, amen. So we're not good or we're not the best, but we're a great ministry. Hello, somebody. We're huge. We're great at what we do. Hello, somebody. Amen. There are other great ministries in the world, but Victory Outreach, Heart of the Bay, Victory Outreach International is one of them. Give the Lord a praise clap today. So we know greatness is in somebody that loves God, that loves people, and then also that loves the man of God or the pastor. Are you hearing me? You say, uh, 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 Evangelist John is trying to get his check to go up. No, I'm not. Hello, somebody. Amen. He loves God, he loves ministry, and he loves the man of God or the pastor. You see, when the man of God is being loved and he senses that love not by word but by deed, Greatness comes out of him into the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. You see, where there is greatness there, amen, in the atmosphere, it brings forth, amen, intimacy. Are you hearing me? Amen. People begin to sense, amen, that God is speaking to them on a personal level. Amen. And when there is intimacy, there is conception. What happens is, amen, they begin to take it personal. And God wants me to do something. God wants me to run the home. God wants me to usher. God wants me to go to the church. God wants me to give. Amen. Conception begins to take place, and then there's a birthing that happens. It comes out into fruition. Are you with me today? Is there greatness here in the heart of the bay? Is it here? Do you love God? Hallelujah. Do you love people? Do you love the man of God? Amen. If it's here, give the Lord a hand clap in here. Hey, you can do better than that. I almost, I almost got stuck on the freeway because the Raiders game was in the way. 
Amen. There's a whole lot of people going over there, amen, to celebrate a bunch of uh, uh, crazy folks, amen. I love the Raiders too, amen, but I, I came here to celebrate Jesus. I came here to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. This is the second service I did today. It's good to be here this morning. You see, where greatness exists, there are great people, amen, great men and great women. The Bible here calls his name Barzalea. Say Barzalea. His name means iron man or iron hearted, meaning he was a real deal solid person. Amen. The Bible describes them as very aged, but very rich and very wealthy and very mature. Very experienced. Amen. He was great on the inside as well as great on the outside. See, just because you're going to be great on the inside doesn't mean God don't want to bless you on the outside. He still wants to bless you. Are you with me? Now, remember, where greatness exists, great people exist. And these, there are four types of great people in the church. Say four. Amen. And let's talk about those. First of all, there are the providers. Somebody say providers. Amen. The Bible says in verse 32 that Barzillai provided the king with supplies. Hello. When, when he was out in the, in the wilderness. 2 Samuel 17, 27 through 29 describes that a provision. You see, greatness must be provided for because it brings air to the church. Are you hearing me? I mean, when, when provision is here in the church, when people begin to give, amen, it brings air to the atmosphere. Are you hearing me? There's a freedom in the house. Amen. It's not a bondage like we're muffled. We can't really extend uh, or do what God has called us to do because we're limited by our finances. Amen. But when there's an unlimitation of finances, amen, we're set free to breathe and to do what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. God is calling this church to establish itself right here in the East Bay. Amen. And it's going to take provision so that greatness can continue. Amen. The Bible says that, that uh, God will supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. God blesses us so that me and you can be a blessing. We got any providers here this morning? Amen. They don't like that. Well, come on, where you at? Are y'all up in here? Amen. Since my baby left me. I found a new, come on, come on, come on. Give the Lord a hand clap in here. Hey, I was lost with a broken heart. He picked me up, now I got a new star. Amen. I love that one. We're going to do that today. Amen. We're going to do that today. Get ready. Amen. Where's he at? I can't even see 10 feet. Hello, somebody. Somebody say provision. Provision has to happen so that greatness can breathe. If there's no breath, there's no life. Hello, somebody. Zoe, breath. Yah, breath. Hello, somebody. When there is no provision, when provision is cut down, then the air in the tank is cut down. Hello, somebody. I don't know about you, but I need a spiritual fan in my church. Hello, somebody. Amen. Provision needs to happen so that people can breathe, so they can sense the air, so they can come in and be the people that God has called them to be. Secondly, there's not only providers, but there are protectors. Oh, that's me. Amen. I'm a protector. No, 
Verse 31 says that Barzillai came to escort the king across the Jordan. Now, how do we protect greatness? Well, first of all, by guarding our heart. Amen. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart because out of it come issues. Issues, if you speak Spanish. Amen. Issues. Guard your heart. Hello, somebody. You see, everything that ever happened to me and you has dropped into our heart. Whatever happened to me when I was a little kid is in my heart. Whatever happened, good or bad, it's in there. The Bible says to protect it. Why? Because all the damage that has happened to us is in there. And if we don't protect our heart by being negative or critical, can drop in there and cause a reaction. Hello, somebody. There's some pipe bombs that's getting ready to go off in your heart if you don't protect it. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? So how do we protect our heart? By protecting our mind or what we think about. Hello, somebody. Uh, uh, they're, they're being negative. Hey, I don't want that. Hello, somebody. Because there's a, you know, I, I start getting feeding on that. Hello, something's going to explode inside of me. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Amen. Say, tell somebody, guard your heart. Guard your heart with the word. Guard your heart with obedience. And guard your heart with the love of God. Are you hearing me? David said, thy word have I hid in your heart, my heart so that I will not sin. Secondly, we, guard, we protect, uh, we protect uh, not only our heart, but we protect our salvation. Philippians 2.12 says, work it out with fear and with trembling. Are you hearing me? I got to guard my testimony. Amen. I've been up here uh, 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 12 days already by myself. Hello, somebody. Driving a Chrysler 300. Hello, amen. Up in the Bay Area, man, stopping off at Sinaitis so I can get me a burrito. Hello, amen. Amen. I might hit Everett Jones after church. I don't know. Hello, amen. I got to guard myself. Amen. Protect your salvation. The Bible says work it out with fear and with trembling. Hello, somebody. I don't go home and talk negative in front of my kids because if I'm talking negative in front of my kids, then what my negativity is going to transfer into them. Hello, somebody. Greatness will not continue if we don't protect our salvations. Not only do we protect our heart, we protect our salvation, but we also protect our brothers. I am, you are, your brother's keeper. Amen. Are you with me? I'm not uh, talking about that movie, amen. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ, amen. I'm talking about Hayward Church. I'm talking about the heart of the bay. I'm talking about victory. I'm talking about be a Christian, hallelujah. I will and I am called to protect my brother. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, if meat makes my brother offended, then I ain't going to eat no meat. It says, be careful that this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those that are weak. I love to listen to oldies. I love me some love music. Hello, somebody. I know, I know where to listen to it and when to listen to it. Amen. At home with mama. Hello, somebody. I ain't bumping down the street. Amen. Hey, they're lonely. No. Amen. I know when the highlight bling, it can only mean one thing. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when I'm all alone. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Amen. I will protect my brother. God called us to protect each other. Hello, somebody. Are you with me today? Not only we 
to provide for greatness. Not only are we to protect greatness, amen, but we are to present to greatness. Those who present people to greatness. Verse 37 says that Barzillai presented his son, Chimham, to David. David told Barzillai, come with me to Jerusalem. In other words, greatness was saying, come with me. Greatness is going to say, come with me. Hello, somebody. But God didn't call me and you to go alone. Are you with me? Amen. Some of us, man, think it's all about us. No, it's about all of us. Hello, somebody. Barzillai explained to David why he couldn't go. He said, I can't go, but not everybody's going to go. Amen. And he presented his son, Chimham, to David. You see, what he was actually telling David, what he was actually saying to David is this. Amen. David, what you see in me, hallelujah, what you see in my life, amen, is also in his life. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Are you hearing me today? Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Can, can you hear me up in, in the heart of the bay? What is in me is in him. You see, it's the job of the presenter, amen, to get the greatness that is in him and put it in someone else. Are you hearing me? You see, greatness got us this far, but God is doing, getting ready to do something greater. The Bible says that your ladder shall be greater. I'm talking about the second half of our ministry. I'm talking about holding it down until Jesus comes back. You see, to disciple someone, it's hard sometimes, right? It's hard. We always look for the easy guy. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, he parts his hair on the side. Okay, I'll take him. He, he, uh, he got skinny jeans, all right. He ain't been to prison, okay, I'll take him. And we start working with them, and working with them, boom, he, some girl bats her eyes ashes at him, and boom, he's gone. Hello, somebody. And we get hurt, and so we stop presenting people to greatness. Okay? We work with people for months sometimes, and years, and we get hurt with people, and then we start getting close to people, and we just do ministry, and we ain't working with nobody. Hello, say, Ouch. Say, ouch. Say, ouch, ouch. Second Timothy chapter 4, Paul said, Demas forsaken me. Mm -hmm. Say, I was working with this dude, man. I was working with him. I was working with him. He was at my house. I was at his house. We was going out to eat. We was eating fish together. Hello, somebody. But he took off on me. Not only that, but Alexander the coppersmith done me much harm. They was, hitting me, they was hitting me in the city. Hello, somebody. And then he said, I looked around and nobody stood with me. Amen. Everybody forsook me. But the Bible says that he, he had to look again. In other words, he had to stop looking in the natural, and he had to look in the supernatural, and he looked and God was there. He said that God stood with me. Everybody else took off on me, but God stayed with me. And not only did God stay with me, but God stayed with me, and he strengthened me. Hello, somebody. Amen. You need to continue to work with people with the next generation that's going to reach the world and rock this house for God's honor and glory. You see, as a presenter, we're going to face battles. Rejection is going to come. We get rejected, but we don't reject back. We don't hurt. We get hurt, but we don't hurt back. David uh, was at Ziglag, and his own man wanted to steal on him because they blamed him, and he was in great distress. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. 
There's sometimes you're just going to have to do it yourself. Amen. You're doing a good job. Hello, somebody. You can reach back there. Hello, somebody. There's an old movie, a black and white movie called The Old Man in the Sea, about a guy that didn't catch a marlin for 30 days. He's old. The little boy encouraged him to go back out there, and he was out there for, 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 for a couple of days, and he caught a marlin. And he caught a big marlin, and he hung up to that marlin. And for two days and two nights, he was holding on to it. Amen. And finally, the, 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 the rod broke, and he had to hold on by the string, and his hands got bloody. Amen. And he was bringing that thing in. And he said, man, I got, I got this marlin. He was bringing it in. And on the way in, when he was bringing it, amen, a shark came by and ate it. Hello, somebody. Are you hearing me? But he came in with the carcass, and he showed the people, hallelujah, amen, even though, uh, 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 you know, I'm not coming in with a full catch, at least I'm out there trying to do something. Hallelujah. You see, what I'm trying to tell you, it's not about all the time catching somebody and, 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 and you know what I mean, and presenting them. It's, a, it's about the fight. It's about going after them people. It's about going after that young man. It's about going after that young lady. Hello, somebody. Sometimes we're going to get our hands bloody. Amen. But God heals our wounds. A healed wound leaves a scar, and a scar is evidence, hallelujah, amen, of a healing. I'm here to tell you that if you've been working with people and you got hurt, I'm here to tell you that today God wants to heal your heart so that you won't get emotionally involved no more, but you know that God has called you to work with, with people under you and disciple them and bring them to the greatness of our ministry. Some of you are you're, you're dabbling. Time to get busy. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if he's talking to you. <laughs> Presenters also have to teach those that are being presented wisdom. Amen. There was an old man and a young man had a tree chopping contest. Over the young dude, amen, he had a bunch of muscles. He had a six-pack. The old man had a 12-pack. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? He had a pot belly. At the end of the day, they said, whoever's got the most trees wins. So they started chopping. The young man was chopping. He was chopping trees. He never stopped. He never stopped chopping. He was chopping and chopping and working and working. Man, I'm doing this and doing this. And he noticed that the old man, every hour, he took, he took a, a, a few minutes break. But at the end of the day, when they counted the trees, the old man had twice as many as the young man. And the old man, and, and the young man said, he go, how did how did you beat me? Every hour you took a break. Amen. And I, I didn't stop all day. He said, because every hour I took time to sharpen my axe. Hello, somebody. It takes wisdom to work with people. We just don't go over there and go over there and chop them up and tell them what to do, man. But we go back to God. Show me, you know, I'm praying for this brother. I'm praying for this sister. We lift them up, hallelujah, before the Lord. Amen. Why? Because people that are coming in here are called to the greatness of our ministry. But we got to learn how to work with them and to bring them up so that God can get a hold of them and change them so they can get to the place where God wants them to be. And lastly today. This is what I came here to say. I want the worship team to, to make their way down here. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Amen. Lastly, hallelujah. We only just have the providers. I know you're here. Amen. The protectors, the presenters, but we also have those that are being presented to God. Hello, somebody. Are you hearing me? 
presenting. God is presenting this church. Hallelujah. This church is going to a place where God has called it to be. The Bible right here calls his name Chimham, verse 37. Hallelujah. His name in the Hebrew is translated into English, and it means pale face. Hello, somebody. It means that the sun didn't hit him yet. That he'd been growing, but he had been growing underneath the surface. You see, God presents people based on what's underneath the surface, but men present people based on what's on the surface. If God would have did that with me, I would never be here today. If God would have did that with Pastor Steve or Pastor Stevon, this church wouldn't be here today. There's a tree that grows in Far East Asia called the Chinese bamboo, and they water it, and they plant it, and water fertilize it. It doesn't grow at all. They come back the second year, and they do it for five years. It barely grows at all. But on the fifth year, they come back, and they water it, and they fertilize it. And in five weeks' time, that tree grows 90 feet in height. Did it take five years or five weeks? It took five years and five weeks. It was growing all the time. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? You see, men look at the outside, but God looks at the inside. Hello, amen. Shimham, are you here this day? Victory Outreach Hayward, the sun hasn't shined on you. Hello, somebody, yet. But God is presenting you to greatness. The sun is getting ready to shine upon your life. God is getting ready to do it again. Amen. God is going to do something great in this church, in this city, in this area. Hallelujah. Amen. They don't know about you yet, but greatness is coming. They don't know about you, brother, in the men's home yet. But greatness is coming. They don't know about you, young man, in the worship team or, 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 or in the youth ministry. Hallelujah. But the sun is getting ready to shine on you. You see, greatness is being built in somebody's life underneath the surface. When you clean the church, everybody leaves. But whoever stays behind, greatness is being built. When you go to the choir, amen, greatness is being built. When you're hanging out in the parking lot parking cars, greatness is being built. When you greet each other, God is building greatness. When you go to that prayer meeting, hallelujah, greatness is being built. When you wear your ugly sweater on Thursday, greatness is being built. Amen. When you go to the streets, when I was eating my burrito at Sinaitis and I heard somebody blasting on the bullhorn on Tennyson Boulevard right across the street from Cecil's, amen, I heard greatness being built again in Hayward, California. When you do that drama at Chabot College, greatness is being built. Hallelujah. When the bucket passes by, greatness is being built. At the life groups, at the youth service, when you send people to UTC, in the children's ministry, driving to and from church, amen, greatness is being built. God is building some greatness here. They don't know about you yet. The sun is getting ready to shine. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap.
See, God doesn't use perfect people. God uses imperfect people. We all have imperfections. When I left here years ago, I left two daughters, one from one girl on Meekland, another girl in Dakota. I have two daughters in their 30s, five grandkids. I made a lot of mistakes. Made a lot of mistakes before I came to the Lord. And one day God showed me this stamp. It was a yellow three-scaling stamp. It was from 1858, Swedish yellow three-scaling stamp. And it was worth millions and millions of dollars. And the Lord showed me, and I began to read about it. And, and the stamp, why is it worth so much? You know, just a little stamp. It's because the stamp wasn't supposed to be yellow, it was blue. The reason it's supposed to come out blue, and the reason it was worth so much is because it was a mistake. And God spoke to me and said, Son, you made a lot of mistakes, but you are still worth a whole lot. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? You're still worth a whole lot. Hey, we're California, man. We there's a lot of people that have been a, through a lot of pain. But the people, the indigenous people of this area, God is getting ready to raise up. Hallelujah. We're going to impact the world right here from the heart of the bay. Hallelujah. We're going to raise up in leadership in the Victory Outreach Ministries. God's going to use your pastor. God's going to use your team. Amen. Come on, stand with me this day. Hallelujah.